0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Paint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. So we've got a random flight today. We're going to be covering some topics on um, uh, writing, uh, making your writing more interesting and making your advertising a little more interesting from a couple of, uh, a couple of books. One is yeah. a new one. One is uh, a, century, one. a century
1: old, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we got one one guy that's still alive and still writing a lot, mm-hmm. uh, like probably more than anyone in the world right now. <laughs> and then we got a dead guy <laughs> that uh, really wasn't known as a writer; no. he was actually known for something totally different. So, no, there's a little teaser yeah. for you. But before we jump into that, and before we get into uh, the numbers and the commonalities and the, all all the, all the things. Uh, we got some beverages to discuss. Yes, we do. So we're going pretty much polar opposites, it sounds like, today. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think. I,
0: I picked this up today. Um, not really a big fan just by looking at the can already. But uh, I have a, a Wiseacre, uh, from Wiseacre Brewing, I have a Love
1: Light can see that. Love light. So this is where it was made. Right there. Hold it up a little higher. You were in your name. There you go. There we go. Oh, here. Let me I remove my picture. Oh, that's got like a neon thing going on, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but it is a uh let's see, what is how do you would describe this? It is a wheat beer with beer, with beer. Um I don't know. I, it's I don't know what the I can't see what the uh IBUs are gonna it's only 4.7% IBUs I'm not sure but I've got a feeling this can be a little uh little tart
1: um yeah, was, and we were talking about this before the show it's like you buy these things and you can't find them on their on their mm-hmm. websites
0: no the only thing I can find is like beer advocate or um untapped
1: like what they you talk. were talking about their artwork though I mean their artwork is just mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it's kind of I mean it's all over the place like it is these astronauts status and (laughs) hippos and bird upon a hippo. I mean, who comes up? I I, I wonder how they just come up with some of these names. Like, like these two right here look like horror movie posters or something. Yep. Like from the fifties horror movies. It looks like a, um, a lot of these look like, like classic book cover. They look more like book covers than they do beer cans. There it is. Love light. Oh, there. huh? there can you was click buried on it? in the site somewhere now I can't click okay, just oh saw wit ale with mm-hmm. passion fruit passion Ooh. fruit, so that makes
0: me think uh yeah, some of these I mean look at that taco rap oh taco raptor that looks from uh like it's from the what is that movie the um the birds the birds uh, yeah from uh what is that Hitchcock Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah. Some of these, uh, some of these posters or some of these images look like it's from an Alfred Hitchcock
1: movie. Yeah. I mean, all, it's just all over the place. I mean, they do have a much more of like movie poster and book cover look. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they're all over the place. Yeah. Definitely some fifties vibe. For 50, sure. sixty seventy vibes going on. For sure. Um, yeah. So Unicornicopia, yeah. single source just, of wow. The trees. They're wow, they're just all over the place. So <laughs> anyway, Love Light is yours. So um, yeah. I am having, for my friends at Infamous Brewing, I am having a collaboration with the guys who do my coffee, Invader Coffee. They have mm-hmm. a Lucky Bastard Blend coffee. Mm-hmm. So they took some with Infamous Brewing. And we end up with an infamous brewing lucky bastard blend (laughs) car bomb coffee stout. Oh man.
0: So the car bomb,
1: the car bomb is the, um, is a drink that you, apparently you're not supposed to order it as a car bomb. There's another name for it. If you actually go to Ireland, they get very offended if you call it a car bomb, but it's half an ounce of Bailey's Irish cream, half an ounce of Jameson's Irish whiskey, and then three quarters pint Guinness stout. So this is doesn't have the liquor in it, but it's done for you. I guess supposed to mimic that taste is the idea. So okay, we we shall see. Hmm. It looks pleasant. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, it's very dark. So so is mine. And this well, is um, seven too. and a half percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're just keeping it in the koozie there. <laughs> All right. Well. By the way, I got to show off my
0: koozie. I was showing it yeah. before the show. Little little uh, Father's, Father's Day, Day early, early Father's, Day. Father's Day present from from rachel jrt yeah. on the uh on the yeti uh but like you said sean it feels like even after this is gone still feels like there's something in there because these things yeah, those are Yeti really koozies are really heavy yeah and just as a backup in case this is horrible i got another little something here <laughs> <laughs> um it's as a backup uh little um little bourbon there a little flask there yeah <laughs> So, another little uh, Father's Day gift, little um, uh, Clayton and Croom. I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys, but they do a lot of this fancy stuff. They're based out of a really cool store. They do a lot of um, stuff up in uh, Kentucky. And, uh, uh, yeah, they do a lot of leather goods and stuff like that. So, really so they made the fun. flask
1: little holder thing?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's the whole, actually, they do the whole bottle and the leather. Oh, like wow. Everything. Yeah. So really, really cool. Um, you know, they've kind of, it's kind of a niche. I think they've tapped in, I guess, being up there in, in like bourbon country, they've really tapped into, uh, you know, it, a lot of it's like you, they've got like leather wrapped bourbon glasses and all of this stuff and flask and really cool what are stuff. They called uh, it is Clayton, Clayton and Croom. Clayton and Croom. I got to show you the box real quick. This is, this is the cool stuff. So I know we're getting on a side tangent here, but this is the cool stuff.
1: Yeah, but this is, you know, this is for those people watching, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, when people are talking about your (laughs) stuff on a show, yeah, I got to give them some, it means you're doing something right in your marketing. Right. So, um, uh, yes, indeed. So they send it in a box
0: like this. This is what oh, it comes maybe. in. Really packaged well. Share the box.
1: Show the box again. I have the screen sharing up. Packaged really okay. well. Yeah, like a high end yep. gift box. So you okay. open it up. Uh you open it up and it's got the little uh, obviously
0: they put their guaranteed te- you know, card in there. American made. Um says we're a team of makers, not a machine. We stitch ever every uh thread and dye every edge right here at our workshop in louisville kentucky right up in louisville kentucky nice so they even give you a little um uh funnel oh. in the box you know because yeah. you don't want to spill it.
1: no don't want to spill anything so, so that's it's nice. a little
0: uh, bronze funnel and uh, yeah it's it's well made so it's a really cool little thing uh a little cool a cool addition to put your bourbon in and you can yeah. have it, uh, uh, you can have your initials on there. And then they, like I said, like the they glasses do. and everything. So.
1: Yeah. Do the pint glasses and mm. coasters, wallets. Yep. Koozies. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, and you can
0: tell uh, it is genuine uh, leather cause you open this thing yeah. up and you pull that bottle out. You, the leather, You know, that's the awesome smell of leather. It's just, yeah. just comes at you, and nice. even days after, you can still smell the leather. You yeah. know, just, just sitting there. So, and that'll last forever. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll
1: be Absolutely. fighting over it.
0: The glass is super thick too on the bottle, so you're not you're not worried about. Even though it's, uh, you know, it's clothed in leather, you're not even worried. I mean, this
1: thing's pretty solid. So yeah, maybe it's Gorilla Glass. It could be who knows could be alright well let's cheers it up cheers so I can, so I can taste this stuff oh mm. alright what's the verdict on your passion fruit beer
0: I'll tell you the verdict right
1: here <laughs> <laughs> already got set aside <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll just set this over to the side. <laughs> uh, it's bad, man.
1: You will learn someday.
0: I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a fair shot. Mm. Boy, that is a, that is sour fruity. Um, it tastes like you've got a. Um, sour patch kids that mm. they've just dropped and soaked in there.
1: <laughs> wow. But it's not a sour beer, right? Oh, I mean, it's got like a sour. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that whole class of sour beers, which I don't get. I'm, I've never liked any of those I've tried. Mm. Um, so I think it's, not it's that the fruity. What? I mean, the, yeah, the, the passion uh, fruit,
0: passion fruit that they put in gives it a really, uh, yeah, really that uh, citrusy, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. So, so you're you're passionately not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I will give it a uh, unfortunately because I like Wiseacre, but on this one I have to. Uh, I'm going to have to give this one a. I have to give it like a one six, man. I was going to say it's, it's it got to be in the ones if you can't even finish it. One six, yeah. It's getting. Rarely do we have a beer that gets set aside. Yeah, and, and it might not be, but I did bring. Like I said, I brought a little backup today. And uh, I'll gladly defer over to the uh, little George Dickel uh, eight
1: year aged. Yeah. There you go. Urban. So how about you? Um, This is good. It's so it's made with their regular um, stout. Mm-hmm. Infamous Brewings is just their regular plain stout. And then it's blended with the coffee. So uh, yeah. you don't get much. You don't really get any like liqueur taste or any of that because that's not really in it. Mm-hmm. It. It, that That is in the coffee. Yeah. So, it's kind of third hand. It's not really in it. So, because of that, it tastes very much just like a clean stout with just a hint of kind of that Irish blend in it. Yeah. So, it's not overpowering at all. It's actually, if you like a good stout, it tastes like a good stout. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to give this a solid, I'll, get, I'll just give it a solid four. It's just a... Good, smooth style okay. with just a hint of something going on. Yeah, that keeps it interesting but right. not overpowering. I'm good. So, so we'll give it a solid four. Not bad. <clears throat> not yeah. bad. Not bad at all. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, we we kind of hinted. Mm-hmm. So which direction you want to go first?
0: Well, I'll start with because uh, we've mentioned
1: uh, James
0: Patterson on our show in the past. The guy's a yeah. f- uh, a writing machine when it comes, he's so. got a, like a writing empire. He's like the, he's like the Walter White of, uh, of <laughs> writing. He's got, he's created an empire. He would probably love that comparison, actually. I think. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, his guy's a machine, but you know, his, the secret is he's got all of these, um, uh,
1: these co-writers, co-writers, junior writers, co-writers. Absolutely. Well, both now he's, he, now he's starting to do deals with, you know, like we said, he's, uh, He's got a book with Dolly Parton, Mm -hmm. who helped write. He's got a book. What was the other one? He's done a Um, book with Bill Clinton in the past,
0: Uh, like the president's daughter or something like that. I forgot exactly what the title was. But, you know, you go to the bookstore and you'll see like, I mean, there's almost a whole entire if you walk into a Barnes and Noble, there's almost almost half
1: the shelf of nonfiction. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like (laughs) he owns it. Yeah, if you look on the screen, there's like, here's here's the new releases. There's four of those. Mm-hmm. And then there's four, or excuse me, five. And then five more coming soon. Yeah, There's five kids' books. So, I looked up some numbers and, of James Patterson. We're going to actually be talking about James Patterson by James Patterson today, which is right. kind of his yep. memoir. Um, and he has sold over his authoring career, 400 million copies of his books have been sold. And that's, that's a lot of books. That's just new. I'm sure that doesn't account for any of the resells and used mm-hmm. books and all that kind of stuff. Um, 260 bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. Wow. But get this, this is interesting. None of those are in the top 150 of like of best-selling books since 2004, mm-hmm. so even though he's had 260 bestsellers, none of them are in the top 150 bestsellers. Meaning, right. they're not like these huge blockbuster hits, no, like a Harry Potter or something right. like that. But he's got what really makes it work is the volume of different titles he has, mm-hmm. and people just read his entire collection. Yep. Right. He's got these fans that read everything and I've seen him interviewed before and he's like, yeah, if I could write faster, they would buy more. Cause Mm -hmm. he's like, I get, I get requests all day long wanting to know when the next book is coming out. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Cause they're and and he has all these different, like he has like, you know, he has a series on the Alex cross, which, you know, people, there are certain
1: fans of just Alex cross. Like, yeah. So here's some of like, here's the Alex cross series. There's the women's murder club series, Michael Bennett. Um, but, series like uh just this whole all these different things he's got the kids books he's got you know all this stuff and like we said he's got the stuff with um with other uh, with other writers writers yeah because i think mostly alex cross stuff he does
0: himself or most of those um
1: Um, and i've i've seen some interviews where he still writes out most of his outlines and stuff by hand like mm -hmm. pen and paper yeah he does which is which is interesting too um just, just really yeah kind of, and he talks. Kind of he, he
0: goes into detail about his and you'd be interested that's why i mentioned the uh, book sean to you because you might be interested because he talks about his process of collaborating with his co-writers you know once because yeah. he you know he says he's more interested in telling his story than writing right so he yeah. it's like you know i the story's more important than getting the writing getting the sentences just right and all of this stuff that you know
1: stories and that's true and that's true in copywriting too right the hook exactly the hook and the big idea Mm -hmm. like how you're going to tell the story actually matters more right than the line edits that that you have to but you have to put them all in there you know but sure yeah as a copywriter if i want to work with a junior writer i can kind of say look here's the product here's the Here's what I think the big idea should be. Yeah. And here's the basic outline. We need to answer this 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 and this and right. blah blah blah. Now you go fill in the details. Absolutely. Yep. And it's just, he does the same thing. Yep. Yeah, he talks about
0: how, you know, if, if a story's kind of getting off track that they, you know, he'll get together with a lot of his co-writers and like say, you know, kind of like, okay, we're we're losing people, you know. We're we're going to be losing people at this point because we're kind of right. going off on a we're going off on a rabbit trail. So, you know, and yeah. they'll they'll have these powwow meetings where they're you know they're working to get the things back on the uh, back on the tracks, so to yeah. speak. And uh, but I'm sure that happens a lot of times, you know. Even you know
1: for every well, it's writer. tough because you know because yeah, if he hands the writing off the new writer because mm-hmm, I've seen this with junior copywriters you know, you've got your own ideas and you, you, you kind of be like, "Oh, that's interesting. And what, what's interesting to you may not be interesting Absolutely. or fit yeah. yeah, in the same way that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that James Patterson thought it would fit. Right. Yep. So it's, and that, that's just a whole nother like level of management and thing, like to be able to pull somebody back on, but not kill the spark and not, you know, make them feel like, well, why am I writing this if you're coming up with all the ideas? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, of course, if you're writing, if you're co writing with James Patterson, it's pretty much, it's almost a guaranteed, you know, you're going to become a best selling author. You're, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and your name will be associated
0: with, you know, James Patterson. Yeah. So, a um, little interesting tidbit. We were talking before the show, you know, he started out in advertising. Um, yeah just like a lot of writers do. And um, uh, you may not know this, but he's uh, he did the Toys R Us. Uh, I'm a Toys R Us kid. That's straight from James Patterson. So there you go. Um, I think that's his only, <laughs> his most famous slogan <laughs> yeah. that came out of the advertising world. Uh, I don't think he was real happy when he was doing that, but um,
1: yeah. It seems to have made the right career switch. It seems so. to be, seems to be working out. Okay. <laughs> for him. So yeah. So 400 million copies of his books sold. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 260 of them best, bestseller, 260 bestsellers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty, yeah. I don't care. I, I remember reading at one point, um, one out of every nine books sold in, um, in America was a James Patterson book. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, that's just, it's insane, you know? And, and it's, he gets a lot of criticism from other writers because his stuff is so formulaic. Sure. Does he talk about that in the in the memoir? Um, so the memoir, by the way, the name of it is
0: is called uh, "The Stories of My Life." So I skipped around a lot, so I haven't read every chapter. Yeah. Um But uh, but no, I think he uh, yeah, I think he does mention that that um, he's not like uh, he treats it as. A system, you know. Yeah, unlike a lot hey, of writers.
1: Yeah, he understands that it's, and we've talked about this on the show. He understands it's entertainment work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like he's not trying to create Mm-mm. a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel or something, yeah. right?
0: And he he's, even says that. Here's here's a uh, here's an excerpt from his uh, one chapter. And all what I love about this book is all the chapters are like about two pages each one. So he keeps them really short to keep your uh, to keep you engaged, keep you interested.
1: But um, I think that's a, it's an interesting formula because I've seen that a lot in mm-hmm. the last five or 10 years. Yeah. People writing these super short, it's almost like they just sit down and write one chapter a day as mm-hmm. a journal entry almost and then publish it. And I, I think, think, you know, I think it does something for you because
0: people that read, they only have so much time. And and I think there's a people, there's kind of that, um, there's something to the, to us as readers where you
1: you hate to stop in the middle of a paragraph yeah but you often have to. a chapter yeah i mean like um, yeah i always want to get to the end of the next chapter before exactly. I exactly right you know so especially at night, i'm kind of reading at night i'm like uh oh, <laughs> i'm flipping through 46 pages to the next chapter no uh, can't do it <laughs> Um, it, it actually makes you, I bet it makes, makes you read more because if it's only a page to the next chapter, you get done pretty quick and you're like, oh, I could do one more chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so each one of these are ob- two or three. Yeah. So, I he's, bet you actually read more faster because you get those payoffs of mm-hmm. the short chapters. Yep. And, and it just keeps you going. By the way, he's a huge movie-holic too. He loves, he loves movies. Yeah. There's so. actually a tab on his website. I didn't click on it. Um, um yeah, called movie reviews yeah
0: he said one of his all-time favorites is godfather 2
1: uh let's see and mad max mm. let's see. he looks like he's a little behind <laughs> at least on his website because it's yeah. latest movie reviews are knives out dark waters and richard Jewell. oh so. yeah
0: dark, dark waters richard Jewell. yeah those are
1: These those are, are like
0: pre- pre-pandemic pre-covid i think or
1: maybe yeah. like right before well, look at these like hundreds of reviews yeah on his site that's different... crazy i didn't realize he did huh that's cool i mean you know he's got a lot of extra time on his hands. man <laughs> what else is he gonna do that's right he's got these co-writers doing everything <laughs> holy crap look uh, how long this list is it just keeps wow. going. wow Yeah. and these are like no, actual- uh,
0: yeah there's no top gun so he's a little behind there's no Top Gun Maverick.
1: I mean, that is incredible. Like yeah. that, that must be just like a, a, just a good hobby for him. Yeah. Hmm, so, uh,
0: he's got a chapter on here. It says playing with the reader's mind. Interesting. Okay. He says, uh, he says the day and it was a day that writing started to be fun for me. The day things began to really click was the day that I stopped trying to write sentences and started writing stories. Mm. Sentences are hard for me, as you can see, but stories flow naturally from my heart and my head. Uh, he goes, I have a unique writing style, for better or for worse, maybe a little bit of both. I have a voice, um, Michael Connolly described my style like this, what Jim does is to boil a scene down to the single telling detail, uh, the element that defines a character or the moves, a plot, that." or whatever moves the plot along. It's yep. what fires off the mo- the movie projector in the reader's mind. Um,
1: really interesting. So that's very interesting that you say that because one of the first books when I started writing copy that my copy chief had me read mm-hmm. was on writing by Stephen King. Yep. Fantastic. And Stephen King in that book says almost the same thing. He's, he talks about, I don't know if you remember this from the book, but he said, you know, if you're describing a scene with a rabbit, like a purple rabbit and a gilded cage, mm-hmm. all that really matters is there's a purple rabbit. Yeah. Like you don't <laughs> need to go into describing the gilded cage right. and how detailed and ornamental and it came from 19th century Paris. And yeah. the, like, He's like, that's a side uh, tangent. Yeah, you don't need exactly. to let the reader's mm-hmm. imagination fill in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All you need to let them know is there's, there's a purple rabbit. Yep. That's right. Because that's really. That's what captures cage. the interest, right? Right. That's <laughs> that's the interesting thing about that scene. And that turns a, you know, page and a half description of a cage mm-hmm. into a one sentence. You know, in the corner of room, there's a purple rabbit and a yeah. gilded cage. That's right. It's like, oh, okay. I need to know more about that.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. yeah and, and so the element of surprise is another area where you know, what he, he talks about, I was like, you've got to introduce that into your story because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the title of the chapter is like playing with the reader's mind. Um, so he had, let's see one of his books, uh, first to die. He said in the first chapter of first to die, Lindsay boxer, uh, our detective arrives at a San Francisco hotel. There's been a murder, of course, a beautiful couple on their beautiful honeymoon. Have I no shame? <laughs> no, <laughs> none at all. <laughs> then we meet the medical examiner. And then, uh, you know, so he he starts out right from the start, you know, just doing the thing that some people probably wouldn't dare to do,
1: you know. is uh, Well, I mean, what's the old, um, it's starting in the middle of the action, right? Exactly. Which we've yep. talked about that as mm-hmm. a, I think that was like an old Greek, thing yep. in medias like you start in the middle like it's same with fast and furious you know yeah. right you start in the middle of the car chase mm-hmm. and then maybe it's at the end of the movie like one of the fast and furious series and you can say whatever you want about those movies they're not scripted they're empty plots yeah they made 10 of them and they all did it incredibly well yes incredible right yeah and there's a spinoff yep with hobbs and shaw mm-hmm. like so I actually posted on my Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I was like I think a lot of entrepreneurs and serious business people undervalue entertainment as a business as a profit center. So true. You know, they're they're like, oh no. People would I'm rather a serious be entertained business person. Exactly. I'm a serious business person. I don't I don't I'm not gonna worry about entertainment. Yep. You know, it's like just let me let me just do good business. It's like, yeah. well, entertainment's pretty good business. <laughs> I mean it is. You know, gaming, uh, is which is why than the TikTok
0: whole, is so uh, extremely it's, popular. It's the number one yeah. social media channel right now, and it's simply because people love to be entertained. You know, if people didn't love to be entertained, then some of these other players like Facebook and. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: Facebook's looked at as like the old man's. uh, You know, like
0: it's it's like
1: uh, no, it's like the news. It's like the newspaper compared to going to the movies. Mm -hmm. You know, TikTok's like going to the movies, very short movies. Yep, compared to Facebook, which is more like, I mean, it's literally called a news feed. So it's 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 like a newspaper, (laughs) right? Um, Where TikTok is, you know, whatever it is, and it is, it's addictive. Like you can, I did this cool this little experiment. So I do a French press coffee in the morning mm-hmm. then we'll get back to the book, but yeah. this is interesting. And you should do this as a test sometime for the, those people listening, just like try this out. So I, I would do like a French press every morning to have my little routine. Mm-hmm. And I have a timer that once I put the, you know, the water in the coffee, it's four minutes. So okay. I got a little sand timer Okay, that sits on the shelf. And if I go like, um, if I do like, I'll sometimes do like stretches around the kitchen. Like I'll just try to stretch a little bit in the morning, like walking lunges or stuff like that, just while I'm waiting for the coffee. Mm-hmm. Or I'll unload the dishwasher that was done the night before. Yeah. And it's amazing because I can do do that and then I'll come back and there's still like two minutes left on the timer. Yep. And I'll do a little something else. There's and then the timer's just then going down. So mm-hmm. it seems like four minutes takes forever. Yep. If I get on TikTok or Instagram reels, mm-hmm. like I'll watch one what seems like one reel or one TikTok or you know two or three and I look up and the timer's gone. Yeah. There's something about that medium that mm-hmm. just sucks absolutely your, one after the other. Create, creates a time loop, you know, time yeah. warp. Yep. Um Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean I just I just love that James Patterson is like yeah, I've got no shame. Like mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. I know what this is. Like this is entertainment. It's guilty pleasure for people. Absolutely. It's yeah. escapism. Mm-hmm. I understand that and I'm not fighting it and I'm just diving into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if all of us in our businesses could be more like that, mm -hmm, um, I think it'd be, we'd probably all do a lot better, myself included. I don't know if that works in your business, Jonathan, but.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little risque, but I think you can, you can dance around the edge a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in some areas. So, yeah. uh, you know, like I think of a, um, you know, if you can show some personality, you can go, um, be dynamic, you can present things. Yeah. I mean, you can present things in an entertaining way, uh, right. but you still got to be educational, you know, along with that. So yeah. it can't be all, obviously
1: it can't be it's all not pure entertainment. Cause you are trying to get to a, right. You know, a product yeah. that actually provides a service Absolutely. and all that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, you can you can take yourself a little less seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that's oh yeah. that's a bit, a lesser. you know, he's here just sure. talking about some of the sales,
0: you know, some of those crazy sales letters with Rubik's cubes. Who else, yeah. you know, no one else in the indus- in in the industry that I know of does stuff like does crazy st- off the cuff stuff like that that you would send okay. out and get attention, but um but like you said, if if you want to be if you want to get noticed, you got to do something a little bit different, you know.
1: Got to do and, something noticeable.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Or you're just another. <laughs> My definition, is something you're different. just another person that's asking for their business, right? I mean, yep. you have got to be different, and that's going to lead us into uh, another book. I did want to mention on this book, though, and I do recommend it for anyone that loves. Um, it's pretty interesting. Just uh, some of the stories that he st- he talks about. He actually got um, Tom Cruise invited him. Uh, he got an invite from Tom Cruise, uh, you know, even though he doesn't he doesn't give Tom Cruise a review of Top Gun in this on his movie page. But uh, sure. he did get an uh, invite from Tom Cruise who summoned him. It's kind of interesting. Tom Cruise reaches out. He doesn't like call you directly. He Tom Cruise has his people call has you. his people, of course. Yeah. And say um, Tom Cruise will have a car, you know, to pick you up here. And he has a car. Uh, drive picked him up and then he literally brings him to the front gate of Tom Cruise's house and Tom Cruise is actually waiting for him at the gate you know welcomes him in brings him in they have breakfast and um, they get to talking and he says the whole point was like you know Tom's like hey uh, always interested in you know if you've got any if you're writing anything interesting that you think I would be interested in you know in, interested in doing a movie on you know keep me posted and he wrote he wrote his number on a scrap of paper and gave it to him he's like i still have that number in my wallet <laughs> <laughs> he says but i still but i he says i I, fi- I don't feel like i've got anything that tom cruise would be interested in so i haven't even I to say, out. has he written anything that's
1: like tom cruisey
0: like no it, well I mean, he, in his mind he he has who wrote who wrote the firm
1: because that was a book first. that was john grisham john grisham
0: yeah, that's right. john grisham which is another yeah. I, I love john grisham because i used to be a yeah. huge fan of his back i haven't read anything from him in years but i used to read all of his books
1: yeah you know it's interesting um before we switch to the next book you know just this also reminds me gary halbert who's mm. you know the prince yeah. of copy yep he used to say and he would tell young writers he's like you need to read john mcdonald who was who was Basically, the James Patterson of his day in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I think it was John McDonald um, had a whole detective series, kind of like an Alex Cross type thing. Um, I can't remember his character's name, but I'm sure some some of our listeners are yelling Absolutely. at their at their iPhone right now, <laughs> in their podcast app. Um, you can write in and tell me the name, but that was one of the things that. Gary Halbert recommended, he's like, you need to read more fiction as a, as a copywriter, as a oh, salesperson, yeah. you need to be reading. And that's, that's something I'm not good at is I tend to gravitate to nonfiction books, but the pacing and the scene setting and the storytelling, which I know you said is what mm-hmm. Patterson talks a lot about in that book yep. is, is so key. <clears throat> and and one of the best ways to do that is to read stories. Like it's, yeah, I, yeah it,
0: i think it's important um it's funny you brought that up because after i read this book this week um i was <clears throat> i was traveling this week um for a couple of days and you know i was reading i've been reading his his um his autobiography i'm like yeah i'm gonna pick up a couple i i think i've listened to i've never read like in reading but i've listened to one of his alex cross books ever you know, it's, and it was like probably 15 years ago. Uh, and I listened to it on audible or audio and, uh, I think it was actually CDs at the time. Um, that's how old it was. It was CD. (laughs) It was a book on CD, which you don't see those anymore at a bookstore. Um, but no, I actually stopped by the bookstore and picked up a couple of his Alex cross novels, you know, just so, you know, hopefully I'll have some time, you know, sitting by the pool during the summer. I'm going to bring those over and you know, just do some reading at the pool. But I think you're absolutely right. You need to be reading fiction stuff. Even if you're not a writer, if you're writing copy, if you're writing sales copy, if you're writing, um, anything, email marketing, whatever, you should be reading fiction. You know, everything yeah. is stories. You're creating stories around your, your products,
1: right? You know, it's like James, a story. It's like, um, <laughs> Eugene Schwartz said, "You know, you need to be reading the National Enquirer to Absolutely. see what the what the mass media is doing. You need to be watching the movies yep. that everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. What are what is?" What's outselling everything else in the readings niche, right? Because I picked up
0: my copies this week of well, not the Enquirer, but I picked up my copies. Is
1: Enquirer still around? Because now it seems to be Star and Us Weekly and yeah, and things it's, like that. it is. It is still around,
0: but they're not as prevalent as Star. And then you've got Globe. You got a Globe magazine here. Yeah, and you've got all yeah. the cool stuff. You got like with the, uh, I mean, look at this the El- the Elvis only I knew. You know Elvis. There's this new movie about Elvis coming out here and. Uh, next week with um
1: so that's got to be everywhere now yeah uh, yeah. anything about elvis is going to be hot bingo we should do a marketing (laughs) secret for elvis or something (laughs) next week
0: that's a good idea might have to do that we
1: coincide with the launch that's right
0: Um, all right all right so moving on to another book which is quite a bit older uh And this one is dollar. It's called Dollars and Cents. Now I got to give kudos to uh, our buddy David, our friend David Dutton, who bought L this D. Book, double D. Double uh, D. He's a huge PT Barnum fan, and yes. uh, he was telling me about this. I didn't even know about this book, but he actually bought this book. It's called Dollars and Cents: How to Get on the Whole Secret in a Nutshell. Dollars and Cents, and Cents is S spelled not. Um, not as like uh penny cents, but, uh, S E N S E dollars and cents kind of clever there. But, um, you can actually find this on Amazon. I actually found a Kindle version of it. He bought a original copy back from the late 1800s. Yep. There you go. Uh, has two ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Super popular. <laughs> So this book is, I wouldn't call this just a marketing book because, uh, you know, PT Barnum was known as the, uh, you know, he was a showman, but, uh, it's all about just life in general, life, business. Uh, there's a lot of lessons throughout it on different things, but there is a section on advertising. I have um, to say, um,
1: <laughs> what's his name that played him in the movie was much better looking than Oh yeah. Pretty much. Guy yeah. here.
0: Oh, um. Uh what was that movie? The uh
1: Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. Yes. Uh yes. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's got this guy beat. By a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Would have been better though, I think, if it was like an ugly guy playing. Like was it, who, who plays it? Danny DeVito maybe play this guy? Uh
0: yeah. Yeah, I could see Danny DeVito playing. Looking at his that's this face in front of me, that's a Danny yeah. DeVito face.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that would that would be like a really different version of uh it actually makes it more interesting to me because if somebody's really good looking and charismatic, they're gonna get a get away with more in society than somebody who's not. Like Oh yeah. You know, it's it's kinda like in the Bible, people say that Paul was probably a short, fat yeah. dude with like a speech impediment. Some people think he had a speech impediment. Like, you know, yeah. had some stuff going against him yeah. and then became this great thing. So right. uh, anyway, that's a side tangent, but I was I was trying to get to the, um, to the table of contents and see what we we're going to be talking about, but go ahead and, and start riffing on.
0: Yeah. There's very little of it, uh, very little of the book on, uh, advertising or marketing, but yeah. there is a section on it, um, on advertising. And I thought it was really interesting because it talks about how he's the ultimate uh, showman, ultimate marketer, but he's got, I don't want to read every word for this, but it's a great example of how to build interest around whatever you're doing. It's a great lesson for anybody today. And we talk about, uh, you know, building intrigue and telling stories. So he talks about, uh, he gives an illustration he says uh, one morning a stout hearty-looking man came into my ticket office where he sold tickets to his uh, museum and uh, begged for some money. This guy just come up walking off the street begging for money. Uh, I asked him why uh, he did not work and earn a living and he replied that he uh, could get he could find nothing to do and that he would be glad of any job. At a dollar a day. Can you imagine that? A dollar a day. <laughs> yeah. He said, I handed him a quarter of a dollar, told him to get to go and get his breakfast Breakfast in return. I would employ him at light labor at a dollar and a half a day. When he returned, I gave him five bricks. <laughs> uh, he said, <clears throat> now I said, he, I said, go lay a brick on the sidewalk at the corner of Broad and Ann Street another close by the museum, a third diagonally across the way at the corner of Broad Street and Versi Street by the Astra House. Put down the fourth brick on a sidewalk in front of the St. Paul's Church, opposite then, with the uh, fifth brick in hand, take up a rapid march from one point to another, making the circuit, exchanging your brick at every point and say nothing more. Uh, so he says... What is the object of this the man inquired no matter i replied all you need to know is that it brings you 15 cents wages per hour it is a bit of my it is a bit of my fun and, a, and to assist me properly you must de- you must seem to be as deaf as a post <laughs> <laughs> wear a serious countenance answer no questions pay no attention to anyone but attend faithfully to the work and at the end of every hour by st paul's clock Show this ticket at the museum door, then enter walking solemnly uh, through every hall in the building, pass out and resume your work. With that remark, it was all one to him so long as he could earn his living. He didn't care. The man placed his bricks and began his round. Half an hour after, at least 500 people were watching <laughs> his mysterious movements he had assumed a military step in bearing and looking as sober as a judge. He made no response, whatever, to the constant inquiries uh, as to the object of his singular conduct. At the end of the first hour, the sidewalks in the vicinity were packed with people all anxious to solve the mystery. The man, as directed, then went to the museum devoting 15 minutes to a solemn survey of the halls and afterward returning to his round. This was repeated every hour till sundown. And whenever the man went in the museum, a dozen or more persons would buy tickets and, <laughs> and follow awesome. him, hoping to gratify their curiosity in, uh, in regard to the purpose of his, of his movements. This was continued for several days. The curious people who followed the man in the museum considered more Paying the way, then paying his wages till finally the policeman to whom I had imparted my object complained that the obstruction on the sidewalk by the crowds had become so serious that I must call in my brick man. (laughs) (laughs) So, this trivial incident excited considerable talk and amusement. It advertised me and it materially, materially advanced my purposes of making a lively corner. Near the museum. Pretty cool uh, story there. <laughs> All it took That's was amazing. about five bricks and a guy off the street,
1: right? <laughs> to
0: create a little amazing. I mean,
1: the And just the creativity of that. And like yeah. to come up with that idea. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, like the like the, the intuition you have to have around. On it? I mean, he wasn't reading psychology books. He wasn't reading nonfiction books about, you know, marketing tips and tactics, probably. Because there weren't any for the most part. Right. This was just like pure intention yeah. from PT Barnum of understanding curiosity, the humans, mm-hmm. you know, basic human curiosity. I mean, I, that's what he really made his living off of, right? Yeah, is, absolutely. He understood humans were curious. And they're I trying mean, to solve like,
0: this is, there's something puzzling about a guy yeah, it's that's a riddle putting bricks down.
1: I mean, that's one of the most powerful things when I, <laughs> when I wrote copy, you know, in the financial space, <clears throat> the number one tool we use is curiosity. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you came up with these clever sounding names yeah, or these right. acronyms or, you know, the emails would just hint at something. So you had to click through. Right. Like all, it's just curiosity is is yeah really powerful. It's like, you know, if you ask somebody a riddle, mm-hmm. it will drive them crazy. But as soon as they get the answer, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a letdown. But mm-hmm. as long as you can keep them on the hook and get them invested, they'll, yeah, they'll follow the, you all day until they get to the figure answer. it out. Yeah. Because it's not it's like
0: uh they're you're trying to close a loop there. You're trying to you don't want to leave anything unsolved. You yeah. it'll drive you nuts.
1: Some people And I will just, say this. This is one thing that people get wrong mm-hmm. that I've seen that when they try to mimic what the financial newsletter industry does. Yeah they will give the answer somewhere in the sales letter where if you really read the, the financial mm-hmm. newsletters, they give about 80% of the answer. Right. But the actual answer you don't get until you buy. Right. Absolutely. And then you get the free report that explains the details. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people give away the, um, like it's hard for them not to go ahead and give it away in the, in the sales letter or on the yeah. order page or something like that. But right. you have to hold it back all. I mean, just in that example you just read, right? You gotta, you gotta go into the museum and buy it. You gotta buy a ticket and go inside. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. he didn't stop and explain why the guy was. Well, he never explained why he was carrying bricks around. <laughs> I guess they were just kind of. Just, they never got the answer actually. So he, he, just, he didn't. I mean, he, he yeah. didn't, and the guy didn't care. He was just. He knew he was yeah. making a wage. That's all he wa- That's all he cared about. And actually he made no promises either, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there was no promise of like, I'm going to tell you what the right. story, about this guy carrying bricks is, Yeah, like, there yeah. wasn't even a promise of that. And I think that's another lesson here is like, don't over promise, like, mm. yeah. just figure out a way you can be more curiosity, create some open loops mm-hmm. and, and let people kind of mm-hmm. let people let human nature do its thing. Right. You don't have to over promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do uh yeah. when you saw the Top Gun
0: um uh, uh, the 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 new Maverick movie. Yeah. So, I don't know if this is how successful this will be, but do you see the uh, I don't know if you got there for the previews to see all the upcoming attractions. Yeah. Uh there's one I'm, movie I'm gonna... Smile. Did you see that? Uh I don't I don't remember that one now. So it was, they were trying, th- I see what they were trying to do. They were obviously trying to create uh, curiosity. Um, so I don't know if you, you'd have to Google that because I, it's hard for me to describe because they don't leave much to the, um, they don't leave. I mean, it's a very, very short segment and then it just kind of, but it, it kind of freaks you. It's kind of weird. It just shows this. It's kind of, in, it feels like it's like in a takes place in a, like a doctor's office or something. And, and then all of a sudden it's uh, it shows this person with this, almost like this Joker-like smile coming out. But, yeah, there it is.
1: I wish you can't hear the audio, but. So is this it or is it a different one?
0: Uh, I don't, I don't know if this is it. Because it's coming. This is 2021, so
1: yeah well everything got pushed back so i don't know if this is it but i don't remember seeing anything like this but yeah it's it's interesting because some people will do a trailer thinking they're being curiosity but yeah. they're it you don't give them enough you know yeah. it's like there's there is a kind of a fine line between um hooking people and having the curiosity and then oh here it is here I'm going to pull this up. I'm going to go, I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Let's see. This is, this is what I'm talking about. So you can uh, see this either over on our YouTube channel at persuasion by the pint, youtube.com persuasion by the pint, or just go to persuasion by the Pint.com next week. Yeah. That's so really this is odd. post. Well, that looks odd right there. But that's <laughs> just kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy.
0: So yeah, the guys in the hospital, the hospital room or the hospital bed smiling, this weird. And then all of a sudden this. Yeah.
1: So this is pretty much all they show in the. Oh, wow. It's like a three second, five second loop. (laughs) Yeah. So another curiosity, I'm not sure how effective. I think that is pretty effective because, you know, everybody's got their phone on them all the time. Mm -hmm. So they can now search and do a, you know, smile trailer. Yep. I think the key is you got to have somewhere to send them next to kind of further that. Right. Um, so just the, like, there's not enough there for me to know, like I just searched smile cause I didn't know about it. You told me about it. Mm-hmm. And there's like three different smiles and there's like one from 2009, 2021. And so, yeah, this one says September. If I just, so if I just Google it, I'm not going to hit the right thing.
0: Yeah. I, so you I, gotta, I, I, you I gotta had to have Google it like smile, a,
1: yeah, a smile movie or
0: something like that.
1: Right. So if you did, and they should have done that trailer coming soon, smilemovie.com mm. or something like that, you yeah. know, just that little bit of extra I think could have been yeah. more effective. Yeah, That chick is really creepy. It like, is. That guy just looks doofy. I know.
0: But then all but of a sudden next, when this that pops up, just, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. There's something there, the angle or whatever. <laughs> she just looks. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. It's like, man. But yeah, when I time? saw that, because we saw it twice, we went to see Top Gun twice. And that I was like, the first time it was like, whoa, what is that? And then the second yeah. time kind of had my curiosity
1: going. Um, yeah, well, Tamara Tamar said that they had different previews mm-hmm. the second time she went to see it than they did the first. Ah, okay. So maybe maybe it was in the second one. Yeah. But Cool. What else did you learn from P.T. Barnum? And then we'll wrap it up.
0: Um, you know, he goes into on the section of advertising. Um, it's a, gr- he's a great lesson. We talked about this before, but he talks about, um, the guy who taught, you know, if you're investing in advertising, mm-hmm. um, and this is a great, I think I'm going to steal this and send it out to all of my podcast advertisers so I can like to get them to understand how advertising works. <laughs> But he makes a great statement in it. He says a man, um, I'm try to pull up the quote here, but he talks about, you know, the repetition of uh, advertising, how that, you know, advertising is a series of things that you have to do uh, or you have to continue on. So he says, uh, let's see, I'm trying to read. I want to find the, oh, here it is. Advertising is like learning a little uh, a little is a dangerous thing. <laughs> he yes. says, uh, my, my he goes, a, uh, uh, a man said to me, I've tried advertising and it did, it did not su- succeed. Uh, yet I have a good article. And he said, I replied to my friend, there may be exceptions to a general rule, but how did you advertise? He goes, I put it in the weekly newspaper three times and I paid a dollar and a half for it. <laughs> He sir, he said, uh, he replied, sir, advertising is like learning. A little is a dangerous thing. So um, the key the key point is you can't expect to get any results, you know, throwing up a few Facebook, you know, let's say not, ad, not newspaper advertising, but throwing up a few Facebook ads here and there, throwing up a podcast advertising here and there on a podcast. It's got to be consistent, yeah, consistent on a regular yep. basis. That's the only consistent. way it'll work. So,
1: and I think that's one thing that the brands understand, like the brand advertising world of Madison Avenue, mm-hmm. understands better than the direct response world. Yep. Uh, you know, the direct response world. There's it's kind of this myth out there that you can just put up one ad and it becomes a blockbuster, and you can become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, the best direct response marketers in the world are consistently testing new ideas, but they're mm-hmm. consistently advertising. Always, yeah. Um, yep. You know, so it may not be, it's just you You gotta constantly be trying stuff. Yep. And, you know, we had an interesting thing happen. One of the clients I've been working with, um, very interesting. We noticed after two or three months of advertising that he was getting a specific person, type of person, mm-hmm. avatar, to to his sales calls
0: okay, and
1: he was doing a better job of closing those people than than others. So it was, um, I don't want to get too specific, but it was women instead of men, um, same age bracket and all that, but mm-hmm. women were performing, were showing up better and he was right. able to close them better than men right. for this particular service. And so he's like, Hey, let's, let's advertise to, let's target down to women, change the copy to, you know, women instead of what we had just make it more specific more congruent Mm -hmm. i was like yeah that's worth testing we did it and it absolutely the click-through rate went up but the response went actually way down because Mm. people felt from what we could you can only see some of this stuff in hindsight yeah but based on some of the comments we were getting the women felt over targeted
0: ah okay so they felt
1: like it felt creepy all of a sudden mm. because this guy was advertising to these women specifically, as opposed to just advertising in uh, general okay. and letting the women raise their hand. So they felt yeah. targeted. They felt and almost stalked. Them. Yes, <laughs> felt stalked and preyed on. Yeah, and I thought that was very interesting. Like you know, yeah, and you don't know that until you test. Until it. you test it, right? Um, because that's that's a good point. You know. And of course you could say after the fact, you'd be like, well, of course that would, they would feel that way, but you don't actually know until you try it. Yeah. Until you get that feedback because from a
0: a strictly advertising standpoint, that's, that's what you're trained to do is like you, you see where the success is happening and then you kind of focus in on that,
1: you know, you look at the numbers. So what we learned is and more and more of friends of mine and, you know, colleagues were finding that on Facebook and, you know, any any of these platforms, you got to keep your, your, your targeting very broad mm-hmm. and you got to just write the copy in such a way that it's kind of like third person. It actually goes against a lot of what we've been taught in direct response. Right. You, you, tar- you don't target the people you target again, the emotions and sure. the. Yeah, you know some of the problems and things like that. You still target; that's still true. Mm-hmm. But you kind of leave the you let the person self-identify instead of trying to say, you know, yeah, you're a you know you you're a 35 year old mom and you t- you know you take your kids to soccer practice every week and you're frustrated sure. that your sedan doesn't right. get the mileage of your minivan. You know right. that kind of stuff. You don't want to get into that kind of detail. You want to talk more just in general mm-hmm. and let the targeting take over. So that's a very simple explanation, but it's interesting that you can over targeting feels creepy is, is kind of what we learned on that for, for that particular market.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: May not be true. Like you could try the exact same thing in another niche, another service, Mm -hmm. and it may work beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just have to test it because you just, yeah. And it's all what
0: you're, it, it may not be the same for a different market, you know, if that were, let's say, let's reverse it and say it had been, uh, more niche towards the male, you know, yeah. the male population. Right. Yeah. They probably, they may not have had the same response. Right. Cause yeah, I mean, they not. don't feel like, you know, they have a different response to that, you know? Yeah. So you just got to know your, or, you know, like you said, part of it's just testing and finding out. And that yeah. comes from discovery,
1: you know, over time, test, test, test. And then the uh, danger too, is though, once you get that reaction, it's like, oh, then you're hesitant to try something like that again. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be willing to try that again. Maybe it's another, maybe not in that niche with that particular offer, mm-hmm. kind of learned your lesson, but yep. I think as a copywriter, as a marketer in general, if you, especially if you cross niches and. Yeah. Things like that. You can't let one, we know this in sales, Jonathan, right? You can't let one objection become Mm -hmm. the basis of your pitch going forward. Right. Right. Absolutely. I saw, I saw new salespeople all the time. They would get one objection and then they would try to work that objection into every presentation from there on. Absolutely. Yeah. And most people don't even have that objection. No,
0: no, exactly. But it felt
1: like it because they lost the one sale. Mm Mm-hmm to this one objection, so now they're covering it every time. Yeah, And and you just don't need to do that. Like, if you've got a solid presentation, sure, cover it when it comes up. Don't necessarily try to cover it ahead of time. Because sometimes... Good point, yeah. Sometimes you can actually create an objection by bringing
0: it up. Right, because they're not thinking about it just because that one did. Maybe, you know, the next one's not, but you've brought it to their attention. So, naturally, you've just created... (laughs) <laughs> you've just created a stumbling block for yourself by doing that.
1: And that's why season, I think that's what a lot of times why rookie salespeople can do so well. And then kind of, they start hearing the objections. They start trying to solve all of them ahead of mm-hmm. time. And yep. then they go in this slump until they kind of come out the other end. Sure. And then they're like, Oh no, I just need to stick to the presentation and yep. only cover the objections during the objection handling section yep. of the, of the presentation. Yep. Yeah. Um, So it's yeah, I don't know how we got on that, but that was that was good stuff. No, it's good. Yeah, Um, yeah. So the good two good books. I mean, I'm definitely going to get the James Patterson book. Uh, I loved, you know, Stephen King's on writing. Sounds like it's similar as far as just kind of the craft. And he talks about Stephen King in this book too. Yeah, I I saw another article where he was like, he he actually wanted to write a book, the death of Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I was like, he got awesome. threatened
0: by uh, a legal, by legal action, not from yeah. I don't think it was directly from Stephen King but from yeah, his, it's probably his, his 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 people guardians so you he, know yeah. he backed away from publishing that book and yeah. uh he said uh yeah, and I never got a thank you note <laughs> 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 for not publishing it so yeah, nah, but he's true. like yeah I'm, I'm i
1: think the
0: the world of Stephen King, but uh he's like, yeah, he didn't want me to write that book
1: so I mean, those two guys, man, they've written a lot of books and oh, sold a lot of, sold a lot of books over the last yeah. 20, 30 years. It's yeah. amazing. And they'll, they'll get very little credit historically for their sales. Yeah, No, you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, I would doubt a hundred years from now if either one of their names were ever mentioned. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad when you think about it, but it, it's crazy. Like you think back. 100 years you could think of 5 or 10 names that you know dominate that century. You go back 2 or 300 years there's maybe one or two names per century. Right. And there's there's centuries that if I ask you to name somebody from that century there's entire centuries yeah that you, you can't name a single person. Right. I think that's that's another conversation we should have sometime but yeah, like that was kind of interesting. Like, everybody thinks they're leaving a the legacy but the fact <laughs> is a week after you're dead no (laughs) pretty (laughs) slim if you look back historically century by century yeah yeah like there's entire I bet from what 100 AD to 1000 AD most people can name maybe one or two people in that entire yeah those 9 or 10 centuries
0: yeah
1: you know 1400s. everybody's gonna name Columbus at least in this country that's about it
0: yeah was that the Gutenberg Gutenberg Press? Yeah, you know, maybe because that was pretty there. pretty big
1: deal. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it's 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 few and far between. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, maybe don't uh, worry so much about a legacy and just maybe have some fun. And yeah,
0: not many people leave a. I mean, yeah, a, a name like, that you are just thinking about constantly. Most people move on, and and it's even more today. I mean, you think about it, like attention spans just move on, right? I mean, yeah, it was probably different during a generation where there wasn't the internet and you had more time, you didn't have as much to s- stuff to, uh, yeah. digest and read and think about. But,
1: um, yeah, but with, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy not now. the case it's just, today. No. So you might as well have fun while you're, that's right. You're Enjoy.
0: Enjoy. So. Um, I do got to mention okay. because I skipped out on the beer and, uh, I got to give fair, I've got to get a, I give a fair rating to, um, the uh, the bourbon that i'm having give okay. it a rating it is the um it, it's the george Dickel uh eight year and uh, i don't have it i don't have the bottle in front of me but uh it's so smooth very good it's one of my favorites my favorite go-to outside of elijah craig so uh i'm giving that a four it's got to get a four at least a four eight or a four nine i'm gonna give it a four nine so
1: there you go all right very good so four nine, four nine all right the one. what's Are that you like you're gonna give that beer to your dog or something like the other one well, let's get well, I don't think just, anybody's gonna drink
0: this just um, give it
1: right? to the sewer system <laughs> I'll
0: just pour it down and uh, I've got you know I bought this in a four pack uh, well, so I have only have thankfully I only have three of these left I'm sure I can pawn these off on somebody uh, your brother-in-law he'll drink it exactly he's an IPA drinker he'll drink this stuff yeah but uh, good show. It's uh, yeah, yeah. So I want to mention that book again
1: by yes. James
0: Patterson. You're getting it, Sean. I would recommend anybody that's either a writer, copywriter, even marketer should read that book because he's really good yeah. great storyteller. Um, yeah. Very simplistic in how he writes his uh, his chapters. Even his I noticed in the sentence uh, his sentence titles. It's all in lowercase, so that's kind of cool kind of yeah. stands out a little when things aren't capitalized I actually like that
1: all right there's That's our
0: up. recommendation for the week all right and uh yeah so good show yeah thanks for listening you can uh you guys can find us over at persuasion by the on all your podcast platforms Stitcher radio iheart spotify and also find our facebook page over at uh, purchase, uh facebook.com forward slash persuasion by the pint and sean it has been fun look forward to seeing everyone next week great see ya